Hello and welcome to Allegedly Astrology. Each week we'll be breaking down the astrology that happened during some of the biggest scandals and events in history. Dana, what's today's topic? Today we're talking about the famed Soho grifter and fake socialite, the one, the only, Anna Delvey, a.k.a. Anna Sorokin. Yes, whoever came up with the Soho grifter tag was genius. Amazing. Anna Delvey is an absolute media sensation. Um, She became famous for pretending to be a German heiress between 2013 and 2017. And during that time, she conned banks, hotels, and trust fund kids before she was finally arrested. These days, her life story is um, getting not one but two adaptations for HBO and Netflix, which is a fucking crime in and of itself. But let's learn how <laughs> Anna came to be. I mean, I'm, I obviously, I'm going to watch <laughs> yeah. both. So Anna was born Anna Sorokin. She grew up in Russia to working class parents. Her dad was a truck driver and her mom worked at a convenience store. Um, when she was in high school, her family moved to Germany. And people generally at this time said she was honestly kind of a dick. She was just kind of like arrogant and rude, but it was still kind of funny, but like in a weird way, you know, it's a lifestyle. So <laughs> what are her big three? Um, we don't know. Okay, so Anna Delvey Sad. was born on January 23rd, 1991 in Domodedovo, Russia. And we don't have her <laughs> birth time. So we don't know her rising or which means we don't know her houses. Um, And we also don't know her moon. So she has an Aquarius sun and either an Aries or a Taurus moon because the moon changed signs literally midday on the day she was born. Um, And so Aquarius suns, like, what are they? They're different. They see themselves as like one part of a crowd and have an inherent understanding that like no human is really better than another, which can conversely create complexes surrounding like individuality or lack thereof or what's my place? Do I have my own place? Aquarius is a sign of the collective and the sun is like the human spirit, the individual human spirit, the self. The sun is warm and Aquarius is like the dead of winter. It's cold. And as an air sign, it's intellectual. So ultimately, the sign is about how humans relate to each other on a grand scale. Um, Aries moons are sharp and self-validating. They're super confident and bold and not afraid to go after what they want. Aries is ruled by Mars and her Mars is in Gemini, which could indicate someone living a like double life as Gemini is too. Um, And Taurus moons are much more reserved than an Aries moon. They're comforted by luxury. They're also like very grounded and they're loving, super loving to like the select few who they let in. And Taurus is ruled by Venus and her Venus is in Aquarius, Aquarius, which is an extremely aloof and alluring placement. So really either of these could kind of work. Um, And then two aspects in her chart that really stand out to me are her Mercury conjunct Uranus in Capricorn and Saturn conjunct her North Node in Capricorn. And so Mercury is our minds and it's how we communicate and Uranus is associated with like genius and shock value. And in Capricorn, this combination like really knows how to play the long game uh, pretty much better than anyone. And then Saturn is the planet of discipline and rejection. And the North Node is an eclipse point that relates to fate in any chart. So you could say that like discipline and or lack uh, is like promised in her natal chart, which, you know, discipline, the ultimate discipline is prison, right? Um, And then also... (laughs) Spoiler alert. (laughs) Yes, spoiler. (laughs) The ultimate discipline is prison. Um, So Anna was born during eclipse season um, between a solar eclipse in Capricorn and a lunar eclipse in Leo. And so eclipses are extreme lunations and like being born during eclipse season will lend to um, extreme circumstances in life. Or like especially being born onward, which she wasn't. But it's just like an extreme season. So that will color her life. Yeah, we love a good eclipse-born human because I feel like they're pretty much destined to be extreme in one way or another. Jean Bonnet. Jean Bonnet. 
But I do want to note that we did our due diligence trying to find out what time Anna Delvey was born. And by due diligence, I mean Dana tweeted at her to ask and <laughs> she didn't respond. So if anyone else wants to try, we'd be we'd be greatly appreciative of you. Please. Um, so after a high school, Anna goes to London for a bit and then eventually she goes to Paris and she becomes an intern at Purple, which is a fashion magazine. And this is where she starts calling herself Anna Delphi. I was obsessed with Purple. Um, and also this is like around... I didn't around... know it existed. Oh, I so loved that just it. shows like the fashion... Like, you were a peasant, as Anna would say. I have, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, around this time, it was like 20, 2013 and Anna turned 22 that year, which is an 11th house year for everyone in annual perfections. Um, the 11th house is about friendship and relating to others. And it symbolizes like the groups we belong to, alliances we form. It's where activism lives in the chart. It also has to do with our deepest hopes and wishes. And in the HBO documentary, her friend from France said that it was like she was studying the people in the fashion world and like how they acted and what they wore and then imitating it. So this kind of tracks is like an 11th house activity for learning how to imitate and like relating to people, which it seems like she's also learning how to relate to people maybe or crafting that. And so if Anna's deepest wish was to be wealthy or a socialite, then this was the year that she was like making that wish come true in, in a way. Which makes perfect sense that she uses her time in Paris to really learn how to dress and to fit in. And this is where she starts to cultivate this sort of like faux heiress persona. And eventually she goes on to New York for Fashion Week and she's like, holy shit, I need to live here. So she stays. And I think it's because she sees it as a place where you can really make something for yourself out of nothing. You know, the good old American dream. And also Americans are probably dumber than French people to come. So <laughs> why wouldn't you stay? And yeah, I mean, that's what she did. She stayed in New York and she built a whole cultivated lifestyle for herself through her Instagram account. She would post herself going to these, you know, very chic, exclusive parties and staying at very fancy hotels. And she was just surrounded by the who's who of like New York young nightlife. So people would look at her Instagram grid and be like, oh, she's legit. She's like a friend of my friend. You know, she's hanging out with these like cool young New Yorkers. So like, yeah, she's like in the tribe. Yeah. And we can't understate how much Instagram played such a crucial role in her public image. And it helped all these rich people think she was legit. So I think we need to look at the bywheel of Anna Delvey and Instagram. And to remind you, a bywheel is when you overlap two charts to see how they interact. So Anna was one of those early Instagram adopters and she made it work for her. Right. Okay. So Instagram launched on October 6, 2010 in Palo Alto. And both Anna and Instagram have their north nodes in Capricorn, which means that Instagram launched during Anna's first nodal return. And a little, like, T on the nodes. Everyone has two of them in your chart. One is the north node and the other is the south node. The north node is, like, thought of, like, as the compass. It's showing, like, your direction in life, like, where you're heading, the lessons, like, you need to learn within this lifetime. And then the south node is more of a drain. It's, like, showing what's being eclipsed out. A lot of people say, like, that's what you learned from your past lives. It's what you're comfortable with and what you know. Um, but you need to outgrow it. And so nodal returns are periods during which like our paths are maybe rerouted or our fates are shaped. And so the nodes of the moon, again, are eclipse points and they show like they show you what signs the eclipses are happening in during any given time. 
Um, and so the North Node in Capricorn is going to be shining a light on uh, institutional power and infrastructure or lack thereof. It's about the old guard and maintaining a sense of composure and like getting a job done no matter what. Both Anna and Instagram were born during times when financial conditions were precarious and institutions were like failing people. Anna was born the year that the Cold War ended and Instagram launched shortly after the financial crisis. And both Anna and IG are products of like institutional power and they can be inclined to actually uphold or highlight it, obviously. Wow. Yeah. It's very interesting. I love you say Instagram was born. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was thinking, well, but it kind of was, right? It's its its own self. Um, and in addition to her socialite Instagram grid, Anna lived in expensive high-end hotels. So people just kind of assumed she was rich. And she also told everyone she was an heiress with a trust fund, which nobody seemed to question. Um, because Americans are dumb. Um, and people claim that Anna was kind of weird and they really couldn't place her accent to where she said she was from. But nonetheless, Anna was a, was very good at knowing the right people to befriend to get that street cred. Yeah, because like we were saying before, she was always seen at the best parties. So it was a very like, oh, you're already in the crowd. Like, you must know someone here. You must be cool. But this is where she kind of like, you know, her conning began because she had access to some of the richest young elites in the city. And she needed these people because Anna's like big dream in life was to create her own members only art foundation, which was going to be called the Anna Delby <laughs> Foundation. Just wow. The <laughs> lame name. So innovative. <laughs> it was going to be kind of like a Soho house type club. Um, but all these rich kids she was hanging out with thought it'd be a great idea because they were just really bored and it'd be a new place to go. And Anna also got a lot of big names on her quote unquote board because she had a really big Instagram account following, which crazy. Yeah, this sounds really similar to Elizabeth Holmes and Theranos. Um, like it's all about who yes. you know. And it kind of reminds yeah. me that we did an episode on Theranos and you guys should go back and listen to it. It was in season two if you haven't already. Yes, it's a good one. Um, but one of the people from this like young New York elite crew she was rolling with that she conned first was named Michael Zufu Wong. So Michael is a pretty big deal in the art world. He's only 27, but he's a very well-known Chinese art collector and curator. He's been profiled in the New York Times and Forbes. And at the time, Anna saw him as a really good mark because he had those art connections and the credibility to sort of catapult her even further into the scene. Yeah. Because he was super legit. So Michael and Anna, they're hanging out. They decide to take a trip to Venice together. And Anna was like, oh, P.S., you mind paying for my hotel and flight? And then I'll pay you back. And he was like, it's cool. I'm rich for sure. But then they got back to the States after the trip. And she never did really get around to paying him back the, for the few grand she owed him. You know, like in rich people world, Michael was like, OK, I guess, you know, whatever. She forgot. It's cool. Oh, well. Yeah. And then Michael gets invited to Anna's birthday party at a very swanky restaurant and it was very chic. But then things got awkward because after the party, the restaurant DM'd Michael to be like, hey, do you know this Anna chick? She gave us the wrong credit card info and contact details and we can't find her. So Michael's like, huh, this is shady. Well, I also think that's just weird for the restaurant to do. Like what? Like, what did they try to, like, when their next best option was, like, we'll just DM everyone well, she was Well, she with. probably tagged them on Instagram and the location, so that was, like, the only way that they could find these people. Oh, actually, But that's I'm a good sure point. it was a big tab if they were, like, chasing her down. Oh, my God, totally. 
Um, but the thing is, Anna was really good at giving off the appearance that she was rich. So besides all the expensive designer clothes she would wear, um, she was really known for like her Celine sunglasses. Um, she would also tip $100 on super small bills or to hotel employees. But the thing is, is like she would go out of her way to make sure other people saw that she did this. So then people would be like, oh, wow, she's like, you know, just throwing out $100 bills like she must be rich. Right. And rich or not, Anna, like, loved a con. And both Michael and her little restaurant moment were nothing compared to the stunt she pulled with Rachel Williams. And if you've ever watched or heard anything about the Anna Delvey story, you'll know that Rachel Williams is sort of the key to uncovering all of this. So at the time, Rachel Williams was an editor at Vanity Fair. She was kind of used to these, like, very high-profile nights out. She knew people in Anna's circle. So let's talk a little bit about Rachel and her big three. We also don't know Rachel's big three because we don't know what time she was born. But no, um, using the article that she wrote in Vanity Fair that was like the expose about Anna titled, As an added bonus, she paid for everything. My bright lights misadventure with a magician of Manhattan. Um, she says, <laughs> "Thank you for reading the whole title Wait, in that's full." Really I just the title? That's really I did not title. realize that that was the title. Um, wow! So, in that article, she says that she turned twenty nine on January twenty ninth, twenty seventeen, um, and she's from Knoxville, Tennessee. So, January twenty ninth, nineteen eighty eight is her birthday. Um, and so again, we have no birth time, no rising, but her sun's in Aquarius, and her moon is in Gemini, and this is an intellectual air combination. Um, it's interesting to me that she and Anna both have their sons in Aquarius, which can um, explain like their natural affinity for each other. Aquarius is ruled by Saturn and Rachel's Saturn is in Sagittarius, which is a fire sign and a lot warmer and more blindly optimistic than Anna's Capricorn Saturn, which is the epitome of austerity. And the moon in Gemini is smart, fun-loving, and empathetic, but tends to intellectualize emotions rather than feel them, which can present its complications. Um, And how Geminis process emotion will have a lot to do with their Mercury placement. Um, And Rachel's is in Aquarius, which is like aloof and super sharp. And so after reading the 2018 expose she wrote in Vanity Fair, I was more suspicious about her than I was after watching the HBO documentary, where I like, I really, I liked her for the most part. Um, I found her to be a sympathetic uh, character, which I think kind of always happens whenever you're, you're like seeing someone talk versus like what you read, because like that's why Twitter is a fucking nightmare. Um, but like, yeah, so in this article, she kind of paints a picture of herself as both like skeptical and naive. And like, so while I was reading it, I was like, this is kind of horseshit. Um, and astrology excuses nothing. But like based on the limited information we have in her birth chart uh, and like these kind of like Sagittarius and Aquarian influences, both things could be true. Yeah, I feel like when I saw her in that documentary like she just seemed like kind of like not like ditzy but she just like seemed like a fucking idiot (laughs) like she'd never gone outside before (laughs) like even when they were talking about like like talking about later on when we get to the emails she said she would be like oh yeah it was anna emailing me and the producer was like was it and she's like i don't know was it i think so (laughs) it's just like so rachel and anna become tight and they start hanging out and at first you know, they're going to places that Rachel can also afford. But then Anna kind of goes off the deep end and she starts wanting to go to like, you know, these very expensive like spa treatments and like workout classes and restaurants and Rachel can't afford them. But Anna's like, oh, no, you know, it's like, cool. I want to go here. I'll pay for everything. So Rachel kind of gets used to Anna paying for everything, which let's not forget is a form of grooming. 
And grooming can happen in a lot of different ways. But grooming is when a person sort of builds a relationship, trust, and emotional connection with someone for the sole purpose of later manipulating and exploiting them. And so before we get deeper into this, I feel like we should look at the bywill between Anna and Rachel. Okay, so um, Anna's Gemini Mars is in opposition by sign to Rachel's Sagittarius Mars. And Mars opposite Mars is a battle of wills. Um, Mars is the planet of power, war, and survival. Um, and But it's on the same axis, so it's a battle of wills, but it's like affinity. There's an, an understanding there, right? You can't have north without south. In Gemini, Mars is discerning and intelligent and sometimes duplicitous. And in Sagittarius, Mars has the power of belief and righteousness, for better or worse. And so Mars in Gemini is detail-oriented. Mars and Sag can see the whole picture, and these things will frame their attack patterns. Um, and Anna's Jupiter in Leo is in Leo, and Rachel's Jupiter is in Aries. And Aries is a sign of the individual, and Leo is a sign of the self. And these concepts are similar, but not quite synonymous. Um... Jupiter is like the planet of luck and integration and belief. And both of these placements are known for like being like confident in their own abilities and like their beliefs. And both also run the risk of becoming like too self-involved or maybe like an an expanding ego. Um, And so oftentimes, like maybe when we're most self-involved, it could be either difficult to sense that trade in others. I think, you know, like kind of like people who are and this is like maybe a kind of a hot take, but like the most manipulative people are the most easy to manipulate. It is said. Anyway, uh, Rachel's it has been said. <laughs> Rachel's Mercury in Aquarius is conjunct and is Aquarius Venus. Um, and Mercury is our mind and how we communicate, and Venus is our values and how we love and how we want to be loved. And when planets are conjunct, they share a similar agenda and an infinite understanding of one another, and like the energies converge. So basically, I don't think their bond was entirely superficial, and I think that's kind of a good thing, right? Like whether or not Anne is a sociopath, which it was suggested time and again in that documentary on HBO. I do think it's possible that Rachel was able to like tap into the human part of her heart. I have a thought actually about this that I found interesting is Anna's um, Mars being in Gemini. Cause that to me is like, honestly, like the mark of her con. She was able to think like very quickly. She was always like into the details, but like literally she was always steps ahead. Like the moment before she probably even finished the con, she was probably already onto the next con. So it's like, that's how she like kept everything going so fast because like her mind was just like blah 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 and like her actions were just like so scattered but like ongoing all the time. Yeah, and I think Anna probably likely underestimated Rachel as well. I think she probably thought she was a little more ditzy than she actually ended up being. Yeah, probably. Um, so one day Anna is like, Rachel, idea, we should go to Morocco. As usual, I will pay for everything. And I think any of us, unless we were being like lured by a stranger we met on like Bumble or something, all of us would be like, hell yeah, I want to go. So they go and they stay in this super fancy over the top hotel. And it's like described as like palatial, like it's gorgeous. And everything is going great until Anna's credit card mysteriously like just does not work there, which is awkward. So Anna's like, hey, like, do you mind if I put some things on your card and then I'll fit like figure it out and I'll pay you back later? Yeah. And Rachel assumes that like has happened to many of us that Anna's card isn't working because she forgot to tell her bank she was traveling. So she's like, it's cool. Don't worry about it. Plus, Anna always pays for everything. So Rachel likely felt obligated to spot her, which is, again, where that grooming gets brought back in. She feels indebted to Anna for all the times she's paid for her. Yeah. 
But like the issue here is, is that all these credit card charges like just keep coming. So they're back at the hotel and the hotel manager is like, hey, like you literally can't stay here for free. Like I need a working credit card to pay for your room, like to hold the room. And Anna looks at Rachel and Rachel's just like, literally, I don't have enough money on my personal credit card. Like, you know, the balance is up or whatever. So she decides to put this on her corporate card, which honestly, this stresses me out so much because like, why would you do that? But whatever. I don't understand Rachel, I guess. But the hotel is like, don't worry. It's chill. Like, it's just a temporary hold. So when Anna's card is fixed, like, we'll just transfer, you know, the money, the payment to her. So it'll eventually get on hers. Yeah. And so Rachel's pretty sketched, but she's like, I got to do what I got to do and get the hell out of here. Um, They're in a pretty far away foreign country. So they get back to New York and Anna tells Rachel she'll wire her the $70,000, which is insane. A lot of this very expensive vacation and connects her to Anna's family accountant. But nothing happens. And Rachel starts to get really worried, as you do when you put tens of thousands of dollars on a corporate card during a personal vacation. <laughs> but Rachel is not getting her money back and is nowhere to be found. Seems to have Tons of excuses why nothing is happening. Just the whole thing is anxiety inducing. So at this point, you're probably telling yourself or realizing like, obviously, Anna is not rich, but she's most definitely very suspect. So what is happening and how did she get her money to go to all of these like chic places and take these insane trips and like live in hotels? Because as we know, as normal people, let's say that stay in like three or four star hotels, sometimes maybe a five moment if you're feeling like really chic about yourself, like even the mini fridge gum costs like $15. So how is she just like living her life? The answer to how she funded her lifestyle was through a little thing called check hiding. And check kiting is when you have accounts at multiple banks and you write yourself a check for an amount you don't have and you take that money out before it clears. So, for example, she would write herself a check for 60000 and withdraw the money even though she didn't have it. And even as I'm explaining this, I still don't understand it. <laughs> yeah, it bends my so mind. Like, if I, like, it would be like I have a Citibank account and a Chase account. I would write a check for my city account for sixty grand and then deposit it in my Chase. So it would look like I had a $60,000 check coming through my Chase account. And then I would take it out before Citi could say, oh, we don't have that money. So she would take the money out before it would bounce. And then she would have two banks being like, what the fuck? But like, it, they never caught on. Idiots. Which is crazy to me. Like, there, there has to be a way that that doesn't happen anymore. But who knows? Because I think the whole thing is like you need a bunch of them. So you're like putting fake check. It's like a constant stream of like fake checks. So like the bank is like, sometimes it looks like you're depositing money. Sometimes it like it's very bizarre. So Anna would do this all the time. She even in addition to check hiding would fake bank statements saying she had millions of dollars in a non-existent bank account. And she did this when she was trying to get a huge loan to open her like Anna Delvey Foundation. But the bank actually looked into it and like all these other banks and she got called out for weird info. So she freaked out and backed off the bank loan deal and was like, never mind, I don't need it. And this eventually led to her being investigated by the Manhattan District Attorney's Office, which is not the best thing to happen to you. Not chill at all. And um, even though Anna was check guiding and conning her friends, 
she often would not pay her bills, and this is what led to her eviction from several upscale New York hotels and got her some major press attention. Yes, it must have been a slow news day because the New York Post ran a story about how Anna left the Beekman Hotel without paying a $12,000 bill, which once again, like, what is she doing all day? <laughs> yeah, and, I know. And, like, this news story, like, blew up. Like, everyone talked about it. And this is when she kind of became on, like, the culture radar. So what was going on that day? So this article titled Wannabe Socialite Busted for Skipping Out on Pricey Hotel Bills um, was published on July 31st, 2017 at 5.25 p.m. So I'm really happy that they do have timestamps. They probably maybe know about astrology. Anyway, this chart has a Leo sun, a Scorpio moon, and a Sagittarius rising. Um, The Leo is ruled by the sun, which makes it at home here. So the sun in Leo is all about shining and, like, illuminating. And it was conjunct Mars when the news broke, which is both power trips and they're like illuminating centers of power. And it was in the ninth house, which is the house of courts and justice and mundane astrology. The moon in Scorpio is the placement of the detective. Um, The moon is about emotions and like physical bodies. And Scorpio is roots, sewers and guts. Um, It's the probe. And it was in the 12th house, which is the house of illegal activity, under the table deals, criminals and other things like that in mundane astrology. Also other things like hospitals. Um... So this placement can really reveal a great deal about like human nature and like especially its seedy underbelly. And Sagittarius is this like sign of the optimist. And so it may seem weird that this chart has a uh, Sagittarius rising, but Saturn was in Sagittarius conjunct the ascendant when the story broke. So Saturn is about restriction and karma and literally paying your debts. And so this really sets the stage for like that entire story. And also Sagittarius is ruled by Jupiter and Jupiter is a planet of morals and Jupiter was conjunct the midheaven in Libra. And the midheaven um, is a destiny point in a chart. It's literally where the chart's story culminates. And Libra is a sign of balance and justice. Um, It's like symbolized by the scales of justice. So it's about law too. So that's pretty wild. Yeah, that is like really crazy. Um, So Rachel Williams sees this article in the New York Post and is like, I'm going to be a narc. (laughs) So she emails Manhattan District Attorney and is like, hey, yo, look at this article and this girl. She's my friend. She conned me out of 70 grand and I would love to get it back. So let me help you arrest her. I love like, ooh, let me email the Manhattan District Attorney. (laughs) who deals with like huge cases like 70 grand is not that much to them but you know whatever good good for Rachel so at this point no one knows where Anna is so Rachel decides to sort of like slowly trying to rebuild their friendship so she can get some info so she begins stalking Anna's Instagram for any clues or whereabouts and eventually learns she's in California at rehab most likely because Anna knew that rehabs are not allowed to give out your info or whereabouts to anyone so she was just sort of lurking in the shadows while the cops were after her. Pretty smart, yeah, honestly. Yeah, really good con. When I just read that now, knowing she's a Gemini Mars, that's the first thing I thought. She's like running down the street before anyone knows. She's like, I'm going to rehab. <laughs> One step ahead. <laughs> so eventually, Rachel and Anna get into a good enough place where Rachel decides to go and visit her in California. So she lures Anna out of rehab for lunch. And on October 3rd, 2017, Anna gets picked up by the 5-0. Busted. Um, So on October 3rd, 2017, uh, the sun was in Libra and the moon was in Pisces. And so the sun in Libra was co-present with Mercury and Jupiter. Uh, Again, the sun illuminates issues related to the sign it's in. And Libra is a sign of justice. And so 
Also, Mercury is about communication and Jupiter is about morals. This whole combination is very much about, you know, bringing justice to light. And the moon in Pisces was co-present with Neptune. The moon in Pisces is psychic and sensitive and Neptune is a planet of obscurity and deception. And Pisces is ruled by Jupiter. So here the moon is answering to Jupiter and Libra, which is then underscoring this whole like it's like bringing a body to justice. Yep. Once again, bringing deception into the light. So Anna goes to trial and is facing charges for her unpaid hotel bills, the unpaid Morocco trip, and falsifying those bank documents. But unfortunately for Rachel, the jury thought she was super annoying. (laughs) (laughs) So they kind of uh, ignored the unpaid Morocco trip, which really does suck for her, but she did get a book deal. So she ended up making money out of this. We don't feel too sorry for her. American Express, I think, forgave her charges. Yeah. Oh. Okay. So well, two things cool. worked out for her. In the documentary, though, her talking about how she, like, bared her soul on the witness stand, and then Anna's attorney is like, literally everyone hated her because she was like, this is the hardest thing that's ever happened to me, which it probably was. Um. So in the end, Anna was found guilty on a bunch of charges, except for the one <laughs> involving race. <laughs> and... <laughs> And she was convicted of four out of the six grand larcenies. Grand larceny is a fancy way of saying that it's a crime that involves the theft of personal property that's worth over a certain amount of money. Normally, the value is, I think, over about $1,000. Yeah. So it's like personal or for business. Um, But Anna definitely did that. So she was originally given a sentence of four to 12 years in a state prison. She was fined 24 grand and she had to pay back about $200,000. Oops. Uh, So she was sentenced (laughs) on May 9th, 2019. And and on this day, the sun, Mercury and Uranus were all in Taurus and the moon and the north node were in Cancer. So the sun illuminates, Mercury communicates and Uranus shocks the system and Taurus, this can be related to, like, Anna's luxurious lifestyle going down in flames or, like, Ooh. you know, in prison, there are no amenities uh, to comfort you. Um, and the moon conjunct the North Node is about orienting life in a new direction. And, like, it's literally about being, like, fate being brought down to Earth. So in Cancer, this is going to be about how we find comfort in the world, how we interact with our own and others' shadows and potentially something to do with our mothers. I don't know anything about Anna's mother. But maybe something. Um, And so cancer is ruled by the moon, which means it has to do with like primordial reactions, which maybe could be grifting, although no. Um, (laughs) Also with the north node in cancer, it means the south node is in its opposite sign of Capricorn. And if we remember that Anna has her north node in Capricorn, this means that she was sentenced during her nodal opposition. And the nodal opposition is generally difficult and happens around the age of 27. It's one astrological explanation for the 27 club. Um, It has to do with, like, reckoning with fate and being set on a new path, like, in the right direction or the one that you're fated to. It's, like, right before or in the early stages of one Saturn return, so it can also color that route. Um, And it's also interesting is that Anna's north node is exactly conjunct her Saturn at 28 degrees Capricorn. And the south node had just crossed uh, Saturn, like, on the day she was sentenced. Um, not uh, It didn't cross on that day, but, like, within the month. Uh, It was within a degree. Um, so this could have activated her natal aspect, which would like, it would just be like another, uh, astrological explanation for like a faded reckoning because Saturn is like, you know, karmic debts. The North node is bringing that fate down to earth. Damn. And prison, she went. The clink. Um, I know. Well, today 
Anna has finished serving her sentence. So she was out in February, but then she was almost immediately arrested again. <laughs> it's not funny, I guess. It is funny. But she was she was <laughs> she was taken into custody by ICE for overstaying her visa. So now she's waiting to be uh, sent back to Germany. Oh, that does really suck. That does suck. <laughs> But there is some talk that it's not really so much about her visa and more that she's like a quote unquote danger to society um, because she has not been very graceful at all about her prison stay. Like she probably made a lot of enemies in prison. (laughs) I mean, and some friends, which is even maybe scarier. Ooh, that's true. Yeah, I mean, she's just like, I don't know. I just feel like Anna kind of just like talks a bunch of shit because she did an interview with the BBC and she shared on her Instagram the story where she's quoted as saying that prison was pointless and that crime pays. So so everyone's like, what? You're clearly not reformed. So before she got detained again, um, she was trying to sell NFTs because isn't everyone. <laughs> Love NFTs. Um, she's also selling like a streetwear line and she wrote a she was gonna write a book. I mean, she's not wrong because crime does pay in a way because Netflix paid her three hundred and twenty thousand wow. dollars for the documentary. Um, I think like two hundred thousand of that went to pay the fine that she was sentenced, but um, there hasn't been like too much news of her as of very recently, but like Dana said, I feel like she's cooking up another scheme in prison. So Dana, what are your predictions on good old Anna D? So this isn't a prediction because she already has merch, but like, I think it's called the, um, correction collection. And I checked her website, which is delvymail.com, but it doesn't seem to be available, available, available yet. So I think maybe, you know, that'll come out. Uh, at some point, and I will have to really, uh, you know, use my morals to stop myself from buying it. I like the fake socialite <laughs> shirts, though. Like, I kind of like those. I like, I like it all. That's they why upset I... Rachel Williams. Did they? But I like, it. yeah. She's like, imagine not being paid back for seventy grand, and then walking on the street and seeing everyone wear fake socialite shirts. Oh, but now everyone? she lost me. Where is she? <laughs> yeah. Um, Okay, so Pluto will conjunct Anna's North Node five times exact between March March 2022 and November 2023. So it'll be in close proximity for those two years. And if she gets into more trouble, I think it'll probably be during this time. (laughs) Um, But also like the great conjunction where Jupiter conjuncted Saturn in Aquarius last December was like closely conjunct her sun. And I'd like to think that this pushed her to grow up a bit and maybe that she reflected on shit and turned a new leaf. Um, Saturn in Aquarius crossed her sun already and uh, will be crossing her Venus three times between April 2022 and January 2023. And again, Saturn is a planet of restriction and Venus is about money and values. So maybe it could be a time when she runs into financial trouble, but it could also be a time when she develops better values or really any values because this woman is none. Or could it be a time where she finds... A man to date with money. Oh, oh an older man. Like Elizabeth, Hol- when Elizabeth Holmes did when she on trial. Remember, she like snapped up that younger hotel heir. Oh yeah, Elise. Oh. And then she and then she got pregnant so that she wouldn't. She'd have probably more sympathy during her trial. And then Anna yeah. would have an American citizen, maybe. Anyway. Oh shit! Oh I'm shit! Writing this fanfic. Uh, rich American hotel heirs, you better watch out for Anna. She's coming. We, we've warned you. <laughs> anyway, speaking of catastrophes, next <laughs> week we're talking about the Titanic. Yes. yes. A much different and much more 
catastrophic catastrophe. I don't know how you would say it, but people died in this one. So this is going to be darker. Yeah, it was a lot darker so. than people seeing fake Eris t-shirts. With that, please leave us a five-star review and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you listen on. And if you leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and DM us a screenshot of your review, we'll make you a custom meme of your big three and send you a quick write-up about it. Yes, and it will be life-changing and beautiful. Don't forget to follow us at Allegedly Astrology on Instagram, Reddit, and Hey Hero, and at Allegedly Astrology on Twitter. I'm Elise. I'm Dana. And I'm Sarah. And this is Allegedly Astrology. Allegedly Astrology.